Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. Hello to all of you good humans out there and welcome to guest episode number 51 of Good Humans Podcast. If you're new here today, a very warm welcome and thanks for tuning in. This is a podcast where I speak to really special people about the stories that have got them to where they are today. I like to go back in time and get to know why people are the way they are, learn from their journeys and pick up the skills that they've learned along the way and either implement it into my life or inspire you out there listening to implement it into your life. So thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is brought to you by our great friends over at Arepa. Arepa is a brain function drink and I gave both Luke and Scott a try of this in the start of this episode, so you'll hear what they think of it. But Arepa is a brain function drink. It's developed by neuroscientists and it's had over $4 million worth of clinical studies. Last week's guest, who was Dr. Andrew Scully, is the brains behind it. He's a neuroscientist, one of the best in the world. And the three key ingredients that make it so good for our brain are L-theanine, which helps with calming, but also helps us get into the flow state. Also a New Zealand neuro black currant berry, which has got so many great properties and also a pine bark extract. So it tastes delicious. It's a black currant flavor. And yeah, it's got some really, really positive benefits for your brain. So if you want to try that out, head to drinkarepa.com and use the code goodhuman for a huge 25% off. That's drinkarepa.com. You'll also find it in the show notes. But yeah, check it out. Take care of your brain. So today's episode, Luke and Sassy Scott, biggest legends ever. I've been lucky enough to spend a bit of time with these guys over the couple last few weeks um and yeah getting to know the guys behind the social media profile they've had a huge rise to fame over on tiktok and instagram sharing comedy content and just having a good time getting to share these boys story and learn about the journey that got them where to where they are today was really special learning from scott about his journey with coming out um being homosexual and having his sexuality really questioned in his own mind and by society as a youngster was really interesting for me to get to chat to him about. Also, Luke having two brothers who have come out as gay and how that was for him with friendship groups and, yeah, the stigma around that was really interesting. Then we went on to speak about um, Scott's journey over to Ghana and there's a story that you guys are not going to believe later on in this episode um, and the work he does with charity over there which is so special also Luke's uh, job as a radiographer and then we finish off speaking about their rise to fame with TikTok and yeah the importance of being authentic and yeah just the journey which has been so crazy and it's really cool to call these guys good friends if you do enjoy the episode please share it with a friend Tag both myself at Cooper Chapman and at Luke and Sassy Scott on Instagram. 
Let us know what you thought of the episode. I'd love to hear from every single one of you. If you're enjoying it, hit five stars, subscribe, and yeah, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, Luke and Sassy Scott. I'm roll, baby. Let's do it. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast. Yeah, it's Luke good to be here. And wait, how do you guys say your last name? O'Halloran? O'Halloran. Uh, <laughs> O'Halloran. 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 Yeah. All right. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, Luke and Sassy Scott O'Halloran. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us. We're here, Scott. We made it. We never high-fived. We've never high-fived and we're not starting. <laughs> you no. shook, he shook my hand last night for the oh, first time. I just saw it again. Sorry. No, it we good. shook hands for the first time in our life last night. Really? Yeah. Mum and Dad's. Oh, no. Trav and Claire's. So our other brother was our niece's birthday. I feel we're becoming profe- somewhat professional. I feel like, like I We're in more on. professional settings than ever before. So I felt feel like it's yeah. becoming formal. So it's I was like, like Hello, Scott, good to see you again, my business partner. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, good. Life's changed a bit, a fair, a fair bit for you guys the last few months, huh? Um, yeah. Us personally? Oh, yeah, we're shaking hands now. Well, so that aspect. I don't think I have changed at all, but the world but the around me has completely yes. changed. Or mm. their perception or their want, their intrigueness with Who's us has perception? changed. Other people. The world. I'd go to a club and want to talk to people and no one would give me the time of the day. Now people are seeking us. They're doing it because you're with me. (laughs) You're nothing without me. Uh, Well, today we're here to get to know your story a bit better because I've been intrigued from the get-go of both of you guys. I was one of... I don't know. You said I was probably the first person to send you some stuff. You're wearing the the hoodies. Represent! The gratitude. This is like the first thing we got sent. It was. You were the first person to send us anything. Yeah. Oh, smart. No. And now we don't have time to go through the boxes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was like, like today they were like, did you get that um, skincare thing I sent you? And I was like, yeah. Love it. <laughs> I remember when I saw it. No, we no, do. I'm we joking. open everything yeah. and we were so grateful. Like, I'm going to take free shit. Everyone loves free shit, yeah, yeah. right? Can I swear on your cast? You can swear as much as you like. Okay, Fuck yeah. yeah. Not the F word. Oh, <laughs> shit, yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, like, but... Yeah, I'm going to take a hoodie any day of the week over anything else. So I good at hoodies. I appreciate it. No, no. Because I saw your guys' content very early and I was like, there's something special about content that's not hurting anyone. It's like, feel good. Maybe maybe your feelings a little bit, Scott. You're not watching. <laughs> <laughs> but very feel good content. And it's there to make people laugh and make people have a good time. And the hyper growth you guys have seen has been really cool to watch, but I'm not here to talk. Oh, we'll get to that later in the podcast, but I want to get to know you guys better because I've been lucky enough to spend a bit of time with you guys the last couple of weeks, really, in Melbourne. We caught up last week when I was down here and back down here now, and you guys are legends, and you guys have got so much more behind the scenes than what people see on the content, and that's what I want to get to know a bit today. You guys have both really stellar careers. I want to get to know your upbringing more, and you both have such individual and unique stories. So, Thanks, mate. You're very good at this. You put us on a pedestal and just bring us down. I'll pop the tires up and then I'll slash them later. Wow. Well, good segue. We grew up in the hood where I used to carry a knife. Really? I slashed slashed car car tires. Wow. This is called Good Humans Podcast, you do know. Yeah, I'm a good human now. I have to do all of that bad. No regrets. You have to do bad shit to know what's good and bad. No. You need to make mistakes. I I was too scared to leave the house, so I'd never slash tires. (laughs) If we're talking about the good humans out there. Let's start the podcast (laughs) off one by one. Luke, what are you grateful for at the moment? I'm grateful for, I think just the amount of like, interactions you can have with anyone or it's given you the opportunity to be able to talk to that many different people and mm. have your foot in 
doors you never thought was going to ever be possible. I like that. So that would be my thing I'm grateful for right now. Scott, I saw you threatening on your answer. <laughs> no, I think he was like, no. here we go, Luke's about to say something sentimental. No, not at all. No, I'm like... Did you like that's, my answer? Sure. Uh, but I'm like... <laughs> That's a deep question. Like, that deserves some thought. That's Absolutely. not an off-the-cuff, like, oh, this is what I'm grateful for. So I'm giving it the real time that it deserves. I listened to your podcast. I knew that question's yeah, up yeah. first. Oh, did you? So you don't. He is cheated. this a format? He did yeah, it's a format. I start See, with I it. I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my house. My manager and brother told me I had to do this. So I'm, um, I'm grateful for my relationships with my tribe. I love that. At the moment. It's important as well with growth. I was saying that to Luke at dinner, just saying you really see who your true friends are when you grow. The right. people who try and cut you down, the people who yeah. celebrate your success. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's um, the, the silence is deafening. I've never really felt that saying before mm. um, until recently. And it's interesting. People that you know you championed for on the sidelines are like, nowhere to be seen mm. or heard and it's like where are you like it's like you know like i feel like i'm at the end of the race where i'm running and no like there's not many people standing there cheering me across the line yeah, but watch that when stuff starts happening and there's opportunities and parties that you guys will throw down the line <sighs> they'll all come back but I can't be bothered. we don't want to talk about that today no we're going to talk about your guys story okay so we're gonna get into that first a rapper is our sponsor for this podcast. I get to tell a few lucky people about this. It's a brain function drink. It's something that I'm very passionate about. Taking care of our brain should be at the top of all of our pedestal. I'm sure you guys both agree. Yes. Our brain's important. So I want you guys to take a sip and try it. I've been told that Scott doesn't like fruit, eating fruit. So maybe you like yeah, to drink it. I don't it. eat it. Like I've never had a salad. I don't eat, sal I don't eat vegetables unless they're cooked. So it's got um, pine bark thing. extract, black currant and L-theanine. It's very strong. Oh, it smells really nice. It's nice. It's, it's very strong. Why? You get cold sores, I don't. I've never had a cold sore in my life! <laughs> I'm not risking it today. First sip. It's quite a strong flavour, but it's, it's good nice. for your brain short term, see how you flow for the next 45 minutes while we chat. Really? What? Is this like a natural high? It's literally like having an energy drink, but without the caffeine and without the, um, the bad stuff. And in it's got it. good all, stuff. All in natural it. Can I ingredients. Shot it? Absolutely. She's still got it. What's this? <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't chug the whole thing. Don't. I mean, it's, you know, it's you can. I said I can shot it. Oh, you can. That's sculling. Shotting and sculling is a different thing. But oh, that's it. a shot. Yeah, you can have mine and Thanks. you can scull Cooper. that. It's really nice. It tastes like Robina or something like that. Exactly. At least someone looks after it. A black currant. Yeah. I really like it. From New Thank Zealand. You. Beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's epic. But yeah, developed by neuroscientists. I had the neuroscientist on. He'll be last week, two weeks before you guys come out. So go check it out. It's really cool. Oh, my God. You've gone from neuroscientists. To Scott and Luke. <laughs> I think it goes, I go like Hugh Van Kylenberg. Um, <laughs> no, Hugh Van Kylenberg, neuroscientist, Australia, and then I think I'll slot you guys in. Yeah, so you'll be here. <laughs> You've got it, peaks and troughs, right? <laughs> no, I'm stoked on this chat. It's great like when, we, when I upload the fill in videos. Oh, yeah. We're, We're fill a fill in. in. Chaos, yeah. You're definitely not fill ins, but let's get to know your guys' story. So we'll start with Scott this time. Where'd you guys grow up and what was your childhood like? And let's talk up to high school. What was that experience like for you through growing up? From up to high school, like up to yeah, year seven? Yeah, let's just like kind of see what, talk about what your experience is like. Um, Siblings, family life. Yeah, we grew up in the northern suburbs of Melbourne, Australia, and about 45 minutes, an hour out of the city. We, I, my, my, 
my version of how we grew up is different to Luke's. Absolutely. Um, and the house how we grew up in too. And we came from a very supporting family. We went to a Catholic school, primary school. I was an altar boy. Um, I think I looked at it more like, like that it was a stage and I was like, I don't want to be in the audience. I want to be up there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I became an altar boy. I also did it for my dad who was like, he was a, you know, he's, he is a Catholic. He's a Christian still. Um, so I think I, it was a way to maybe connect with him mm -hmm. and do something, make him proud maybe. Yeah. Um, sport. We came from a big sporting family from cousins, uncles, grandparents, mm. um, Everyone played sports, so I definitely tried. <laughs> like, gave it my all. If there's anything ever I do in this world, if I make a decision to do something, I back it tenfold. And so, like, from, like, playing <laughs> cricket, footy, I just told someone a story today. I ran out when I was playing Vic Kick on the MCG back in the days. So this is when I'm Surely you've got like a video of this. Grade five, grade me. six. No, they didn't have cameras back then. I don't think. Parents didn't care about us. I think we've got like three videos each. Yeah, I saw no, your guys' video. I think no, a lot no. of it. Did you see? It was one called Luke, and it was from. She's like, oh, I had to take portions of Scott and Travis's like videos and make a video for you. Oh, really? So that's I'm in the cute. background. Fourth born. Oh. Of course, so that's gonna I've, happen. And it was the Vic Kick days. Was when you played in the centre square of yeah. the MCG. Not lots of teams like built off around through the halfway. Halfway? What's it called? <laughs> You're showing court. your true colours. Halftime. Half Halftime. <laughs> and I ran out onto the field at this EJ Whitten, Teddy Whitten um, game, and I rolled my ankle running out onto oh, the no. field. And the whole of the MCG was laughing at me. <laughs> and I, never, I was telling someone this story today. So I played Vic Kick. I played cricket. Um, you played more Swimming. Than diving. What else did I try? 10 pin bowling We did 10 pin bowling Yeah and, we did actually And we were really we good won. at it Oh like yeah, competitive really. the sharks. Yeah we, we played won. in a competition what? Like each week That was weird Forgot about that um, I was I was nature boy as well Nice So I love animals I still do I'm a freak for them I kept birds I could name every Australian bird That flies past me Like I'm like Oh look it's a little blue Hearted wren People are like what And I'm like Oh, you missed it. <laughs> it's gone now. Yeah, uh, over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, a, a, an animal lover. And and I think, you know, one of the most obvious things is, you know, I was a young gay boy. Like, I was, I was you know, I was trapped in a body that was just trying to be seen and, and trying to fit in, probably. Mm. And I always did fit in, but I didn't feel like, I didn't feel... Mm. I was being honest or truthful. I didn't really know myself. But um, yeah, I, um, yeah, sexuality was a really hard thing to, to identify with. What, when did you start to realise that you might be a bit different? And, well, not different, you might... I'm very different. I'm one in eight and a half billion. <laughs> what do you think you are? <laughs> Never met anyone like you in the world. <clears throat> yeah, well done. But yeah, when did you like come out with your... Um, homosexuality and how was that taken in your family and how was it taken by the people around you? Because it's obviously a massive thing and you're so passionate about inspiring other young people to yeah. be themselves. Uh, it took me a long, long time. I was 24 when I came out. So I knew, foot, if sorry, I'm oh, sorry. I knew at 20, I knew at probably 10 that okay. I was different and maybe attracted to men. Um, 
I was very intrigued by it. I knew I was different, but I definitely didn't want to be. Mm. So that was, it wasn't necessarily what people actually thought of me. It was what I thought of myself, Yeah. which, uh, which I think is half the battle. That's most of the battle. It's your perception mm. of what people are going to think of you. Yeah. It's not the truth of what people think of you. It's what you think they're going to think of you. Yeah. That was the devil on my The stories that you make up in your own head. Yeah. 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 Mm. The shame, you're a liar. You've, you've, um, you've let people down. You know, you won't be accepted. You know, you can't have a family. Like all you know is a family as a mother and a father. Mm. There was no such thing as representation. All I knew was Will and Jack on Will and Grace. And I was like, I'm, I'm a boy from Mill Park. Like I'm never going to be a fucking lawyer in New York. Mm. They were the only gay people on television. Yeah. And still they were just so far away from me as a little boy could ever imagine I could be. So Not relatable. No, not at all. So there was no path that I could take mm. other than the one that we knew, which was sport and getting married and having children. Yeah. So what was it like when you came out? How was that experience? It's bad. It's terrible. It's... Um, I came out in like parts of my life. Like I came out, you know, to my best friends, you know, probably when I was 15, 16, that's when you're drinking a bottle of Jim Beam, you know, and crying at a park at 3am in the morning. Um, and so I came out to really close friends, the ones that you trust literally with your life yeah. because your life kind of does depend on it. Like the mental health yeah. is huge for, you need people to talk for to. people in the closet. And that's what it is. You just so bottled up that it just comes out every now and then. So I told my best friends probably around the 15 mark. How'd they take it? It can be hard with young men if one of your friends came out as so gay. One gay, like one, I think it's a superpower that gay men have. It's women tell us everything. And so we know a lot. Yeah. We know a lot about women more than what straight men do, right? And mm. then we know the shit about straight men because the women are telling us that too. Yeah. They're confiding in us. Um, so all of my girlfriends, you know, they were very respectful, really cool, mm. ride or die. You know, Karen's and Nadia's of the world really looked after me. Um, and then maybe in the like 19s, 20s, that's when I probably came out and told some mates. Yeah. Um, and they all had the same, oh, I don't care, but uh, if you come on to me and I'm like, calm the fuck down. Like, you're my bro, right? Yeah. Like, I couldn't think of anything worse. You're Ranger. Mm. Like, um, <laughs> Nick came. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like someone's got a type. <laughs> no, this actually happens. Like, this yeah. is like they all do this whole, like, they're uncomfortable, but they kind of project a fear yeah. on back onto you. But, and, that, and that's, that's just, I think, society just learning, right? That's like different back when you would have come out to yeah, nowadays, it's far more support. That was 15, yeah, yeah. plus years ago. Um, and then when I finally came out to family and friends, that was really difficult. I came out to grandma first in the family. Grandma? Yeah. And she's a trooper and she was just like, anyone's got a problem with it, I'll smack the shit out of them. Good on grandma. Um, but we have enough, we have two other brothers and two of us are gay, two are straight. Yeah. And so, um, how young, my younger brother in between me and Luke, he came out, he came out before me. Now he was forced to come out through guys that we knew that kind of said to, said to him, oh, we saw you at a club, at a gay club. We can't wait to tell everybody that you're gay. Mm. Like just nasty. That's hard. And so he decided to tell me before it got to me. And I was still in the closet. 
Yeah, how was that for you to have your younger brother, let's not say have more courage than you, but have to come out of something that you'd already told people about? Was that hard for you to have your younger brother? Yeah. Courage isn't the right word, but you kind of get what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. It was really hard because I had this fear and I still kind of, well, no, not really. But I used to feel that people thought I would make everything about myself. Mm -hmm. And so when Patty came out to me, I was like, oh my God, I can never come out. Mm. I'm going to, like, people are going to say, like, you're just making it about you. Or you're taking this away from Patrick. So I just went so far, Luke's like... (laughs) We're going to get to you, Luke, don't worry. (laughs) And that just pushed me so far back into the closet. I didn't want to let him down... I, did, I, I remember saying, oh my God, my poor parents, they can't have two gay sons. Mm. Like, what, what, what's such shame? Like, how, those poor people having two gay sons, that's terrible. So that pushed me so far back in. Interesting. Yeah. What was your how take? How many years was that then? From Pat came out? Years. Years. Yeah, I'm trying to do the maths. I think he was like what? 18. I reckon it was five years, four or five years. Wow. I went back in, uh, like, de- not back in, but deeper in. Wow, that's mm. interesting. What was your take on it all, Luke, from well, I having brothers that come out as gay? It's such yeah. a... Well, being 30 now, like, hindsight's a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, but, yeah, at that age, like, because I'm sure it comes with your friendship groups, like, and back then yeah, as well is like, different to now. Like, back then, like, I'm sure there were mates that were like, uh, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like well, it was not a shame thing, but it's like what Scott was saying. It's what you put on your own head and what mm. people, other people are going to think. So I'm like, oh, like, at this stage, me and Patrick were still in the same high school together. So he was year 12. That's I was right. year 10. Yeah, that's when, right. So, I yeah, was so like, he was, what, 16? So, so I saw 16, it on my 18. end, like, how shit's this on me? Like, oh, Luke's going to be known as I've got the gay brother. Every time I heard someone call someone gay, everything, like, it would all triggered back to me being like, oh, fuck, have they just called that person gay because they know my brother's gay? Mm. Like, it was just always a constant thing that I, I was always hearing yeah. in the back of my head, and then it would make me put my back up towards it all. In terms of being supportive to Patrick, I'd probably say no. No, I was not supportive. Neither was I. I was homophobic. Wow. Yeah. Why do you think? Uh, to it's guard internalized, your own? internalized homophobia is huge mm. in the gay community. Because you're brought up that it's not accepted and it's not okay. So you, ha- you, you kind of project, you know, mm. your problems onto other people. But yeah, I was nasty to Patrick. I called him, I've only ever said the F word once. I've mean, only ever called one person the F word. And that was my brother. <laughs> what wow. do you mean? Called what? someone the F word? Oh, sorry, I'm thinking fuck. Wrong. Yeah, sorry. I, was like, I was like, surely, I picked up on that. Surely you picked up on that. <laughs> Some mean? people. <laughs> the yeah. F word. Yeah, I only ever called one person. It was my brother and it was terrible. And I remember the day I said it. Wow. It was not nice. I remember before Patrick came out, I, I don't really have mem- many memories as a kid. I don't know why. You guys maybe scarred me. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Which But anyway, like I remember actually once calling Patrick gay. And he goes, and so what if I am? And I just remember just shutting up being like, oh my God, like mm. didn't see that as a yeah, slap back. He owned it. Yeah. He owned it. And he, that was before he came out. And I think that's then when he did mm. come out, I'd always had that. Because I grew up with Patrick closer. Me and Pat were the close ones. And I'd say you and Trav were the close ones. Yeah. So mm. it was like a, a duo growing up. Yeah. So this is a new duo now. But <laughs> in terms yeah. of growing up with Patrick, like me and Patrick shared a bedroom growing up. Did you and Trav? No, you two got a separate room. And they put me and Pat together. Yeah, because you were babies. You were children. 
In your bunk beds. Yeah, yeah, we had bunk beds. Yeah. I had bunk beds with my sister. Yeah, I, could, I had like bunk beds and then a single next to it. There was like three of us in one room. But I think stage. I'm jealous that I didn't share a room or have bunk Patrick, beds. If you ask Patrick, he hated sharing a bedroom with me though. Yeah, I would have He too. pretended he had asthma. Oh, he does have asthma, but I think to an extent. <laughs> Wait, he couldn't go on the bottom bunk because of all the dust. <coughs> so I always had to go on the bottom, so I was infuriated by that. Bottom bunk's the best though. I'm a bottom bunk person. Well, look, you always think the grass is greener, especially at that True. Like, so it, it is true. true. Isn't it true? Everyone on the top, one at the bottom, everyone on the bottom, one at the top. Yeah, and you yeah. swap and then you... But I never, ever had to get that out of my system because I was never allowed on the top because of Patrick's asthma. <laughs> um, he pulled that card a lot growing up. He did. Up. My oh, asthma, my penis. Though we did used to, um, we did used to try, like school holidays. So school holidays were nuts in our household. Mum and dad, really hard workers, both had jobs, still to this day, non drivers, right? And, and a second job mum had. Now, we on school holidays would terrorise the neighbourhood and each other. It was so bored. Like, it would be from punching the crap out of each other and calling mum crying, help me, right? <laughs> She's like, I'm at work, please stop this. To, to Patrick like, seeing a slug thinking it's a snake. Smashing windows. Yeah, to Patrick one day like saying there's a snake, so it's locking ourselves into a room. So we all had to lock ourselves inside and then dad comes home from work and it's a slug. Yeah, and it was a slug. Like, I, like and they're called leopard slugs. Like, it was like that long or something like that. And like, like, we're like, the there's snake. a snake out there. Get the shovel kind of thing. Like, um, to... We would shake Patrick and make him have like on the trampoline and push him really hard to try and trigger an asthma attack so we could go for a ride in an ambulance. Oh my God, you guys are terrible. (laughs) How is anaphylactic to And we'd put peanut butter on him because he was anaphylactic to see if he could. You guys are evil. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it though. Just boys, young boys being boys. My favourite story when Patrick did come out though, I do like this story. It's something that should be in a movie. So we had a family sort of meeting. So the parents knew. Did they About tell what? Patrick coming out? Oh. So he must have. You knew, obviously. Yes. Me and Travis, the older brother, didn't. It's going to be right? funny hearing your version here. Mm. So anyway, it was a family meeting. Dad called. Dad's called probably four meetings in his life. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I've like ever had a family meeting like, called. Exactly. It sounds fun. First one being called, I was like, what do we do? Like, mum, are you taking What minutes? is this? Yeah. Like, what <laughs> yeah. shit's going on? No, but good on him. That was the moment where our dad kind of went, I'm call- uh, like, I am calling the shots here. Like, these are nice. the rules, these are the boundaries. And he did it to protect us. So like, it's about really supporting happened. Patrick. That was what it was. Yeah. And so did you say your dad's quite Christian and Catholic. How'd, how'd your parents take it? Um, so I told my parents uh, when Patrick came out, I said to them, you don't have a choice. If you do, I'm going to get on heroin. Patrick's going to, Patrick, um, I'm going to make him, I think do drag. Cause that was the worst thing that you could be yeah. as a, you know, for a, as a gay person He's wearing and heels to Christmas Yes And we'll never come And we'll never come home I remember saying that to my so parents backed him up I'll yeah. go on heroin And this Like this is what will happen If you don't mm. um, But I, in saying that I don't think they were ever Not going to support Do you? Yeah So anyway when dad That was the same me, thing The stories that we're making up In our head When dad stubbed his toe Walking into the room I just love this story Those dogs are barking I've got to deal with them You can go deal with that That's fucking driving me <laughs> Maybe Are you kidding me? Put him in another room. They're untrained. You've got to train dogs. Yeah. So, so what? Continuing on from there, though. Yeah, we'll keep so going. So dad's walked into the room, just stubbed his toe really bad, and he's just gone, oh, you poofed up? Like, literally, it's like crickets, like, before that happening. Like, Patrick's about to come out gay to everyone. We all know, like, no one said anything. Like, we've been waiting for dad and to he kicked, He's only room. called himself dad a poofed up. Dad stubbed his toe, and he's just gone. I kid it hard. Like, 
oh, you poofed up. And like, it was just like, well, you didn't know how to react. So Patrick's got enough, like, crying or, like, uh. ran to his room. We're all sitting around going with our old mum's like, David, you ruined everything. Austin, who's your Can you? Yeah, very fun. Better be. Sorry. <laughs> oh, he's got a tappy tap. That's all right. You can sit down. I'm going to be Austin, come. Sit. So, Sorry. Dad stubbed his toe and called himself a poofed up. Do you I remember that part of the story? <laughs> Oh, you poofed up. Oh, you poofed like, up. Oh, my God. Dad. Dad. I do remember that. He didn't do that. But, uh, this is probably not the right time to bring it up, but there's just something interesting I've found, and I've got a few gay friends now, and what is interesting is that not everyone who's gay is flamboyant. They're over the, not over the top, but... So, this is, I'm, I'm so happy you brought this up. Because I've got a friend who so lives with my mates who's a fucking legend. And we just hang out with him and he's like, yeah, I've got a dude coming over. And it's just like we talk like just mates. Yeah. And it's been good for me as someone who hasn't really had too many gay friends to learn how to like, I don't feel like at all I'm homophobic, but just to understand the language and like, oh yeah, it's, it's exactly the same. Well, sexuality is a spectrum, yeah. right? Every straight guy isn't like you. Exactly. Right, so it's the same as, you know, the gay community, the trans community, the bi, like, mm. there's not, no one else can do Scott O'Halloran better than Scott O'Halloran, same as you, right? You're nearly yeah. a bit like about to fall off the spectrum if you're talking about it. <laughs> 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 Create a new <laughs> spectrum, mate. Um, yeah, and so I'm glad you said that because there's this terrible, terrible fucking, stigma. like, stigma that... Oh, I like gays just as long as they're not screaming. Well, I like my straights just as long as they shut their fucking mouth. Do you get me? It's like, are you kidding me? Like, it's it's this terri- st- terrible stereotype that all gays are the same or were the same. No, it's actually the flamboyant ones who came out of the closet that had the courage to really be who they felt they mm. were and to kind of own their space and not apologise for who they were. And the straight community just has had a lot of time to try and catch up, to yeah. accept people like that. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. All right, we're moving to the next little part of this story. What you guys do for work, because I think it's really respectable and not many people know this about you guys, but I've got to know you guys over the last week, so I think it's really cool. So let's start with you, Luke. Where, what were your goals leaving school work-wise? And yeah, what was that journey like for you through your 20s? Yeah, right. So a little bit before that, I would probably say I was branded as the academic one at school. It's quite nice, isn't it? You are smart. You are smart. I'm so dumb. That's that's about the first time I've heard you compliment me. He was so smart. (laughs) But I I don't even know if it was smart looking back right now. It was almost like I was quite shy, quite timid growing up as well. That I felt comfort that I could sit there and read a textbook and then answer the questions. I had the patience to be able to do it, whereas Mm. I don't think many kids had that patience well no i don't know if you had patience no, you you've have... got retention you retain mm, information, information. really I easily sit there for 12 hours reading the same page until i memorized it like i had that patience to be able to do that not many people had and then over time i've learned that maybe i don't think it was a massive intelligence but it was because i had that if you do you're something good at repetitive retain- for yeah, that yeah. long you're going to become pretty good at it so yeah. i did that really well and then I was, I was quite shy, but not in the family household. In the family, I was still, I think I was still pretty loud and crazy. No, I'm the same in the family. Mum and dad and everyone. I was growing up. Yeah, you were shy, I think. In the external family, definitely around yeah, cousins yeah. and that. At school, I was quite shy. Mm. And then I'd probably say that started to change maybe in year 11 where I started to not. Talk. But I've changed he it to a different. You didn't answer the house phone until the age of like phone. 15, 16. Huh. 
to cross the road in the court, I'd walk around the court so I wouldn't cross the road. I was different. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, right? So then year 11, year 12 came along and that's when I was probably starting to be like a bit more, I want more fun in this life than just being that yeah. shy kid or whatever. So I started like being a bit more fun. and then But it was still that, that stigma that was still behind me that I had to still be smart, be academic. So still year 11, I was pushing, but... Obviously, I just didn't care as much as I probably did growing up. And then that pushed me to university where I did, graduated from biomedical science. Then from there, I thought... I would tell everyone, I'm like, my brother's so smart. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's fucking smarter than your brother. Well, because of the family, no one else went to uni. So dad, at what, my 21st Correct. was like, Luke's becoming a doctor, he's studying well, medicine. I was I'm the like, first no, I'm person in the family to finish year 12. Wow. And then so Luke was it wasn't really a uni. common thing you guys in, are like in sporty, the family. Tr- sporty the trade family sort of thing? Just dropouts. <laughs> just got by. Like, just somehow bought that milk at the end of the day. And they kept getting by. Yeah, people just working. Yeah. But mm. even in our cousins, like, I'm going to say university is a common thing. No. Jason finished TAFE, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Without overstepping, like, what no, did your parents do as like role model, like for work? If you don't mind, they were hard workers. Yeah, hard. Yeah, work. correct. So, dad's worked in logistics his whole life. Yeah. Um, in tech computer companies, but he was like, he's been like warehouse logistics management. Okay. Um, so there was like long nights, mm-hmm. um, long days in his career. Hard work. Mum worked for and still does thirty years, probably same mm. company. Wow. Um, we're loyal motherfuckers. Yeah. And she has yeah, camping books. They sell school books to like the top schools around Australia. Cool. And she's been like head of customer service. Beautiful. Um, give her a pay rise now that we said the company's name. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and and mum also worked in a bottle shop. So she'd finish that. We come, worked there. Come home and then work in a bottle shop. Overnight, like maybe a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Mm, so they're hustling to keep food on the table to support you guys as best they could. With four kids, great it was parents. Hard, yeah, like. same. I got four, three sisters, so I've got mm, you get it. Same amount of kids and just trying to make it work. But yeah. so they only stopped like they paid off our school fees. I think when I was like 21, 22. Yeah, we were the only, not the only, but almost from what we knew in our community, mm. in our suburb, the only kids that went to a private school. Okay. So, so they worked their ring off to give you every opportunity. Yeah. Nice. So Luke was the one so, who used that opportunity exactly. and went to university. The others were like, fuck you, mum, I've got detention again. And I'm like, detention? Like, couldn't think of anything worse. Yeah, I was so scared too. I remember when you were 12. Oh, I got a suspension warning once and I remember like my... um my mum getting called and just like bawling. I was in like you 10 or something, or you 9. But why I got a suspension is shit story, but... Do you guys ever, you like put a thumbtack in the bottom of your shoe and you rub it on the ground? I'm probably, kids are going to listen to this and go do it, but you put a thumbtack in your shoe, the spike, and then the bottom of it's metal and you rub it on the ground, you tap it on the back of someone's leg and it burns them. It's like a little blister and everyone at school was doing it. And I did it, just happened to do it to the wrong kid whose mum called the school and complained. And I was like representing Australia for surfing. I was like the poster boy for the school and the deputy like... Take his surfboard off. No, no, the deputy like was just like... Mate, like, what have you done? Like, we're not going to suspend you. It's going to be a warning, but we kind of have to do something because the mum's called the school and complained (laughs) and the kids ratted on you. And I'm like, oh, but my mum's going to... And I remember I got grounded and I wasn't allowed to choose what was on TV for the week. And my sisters would come in and go, give me the remote. And I'd be like, no, and I'd be like, mum. (laughs) (laughs) You're putting the home and away on 
again. <laughs> well, I remember towards the end of year 12, I was in the car with mum and she's like, what do you want to get out of year 12? I was like, mum, I've gone my whole school life. I've never had a Do detention. I have red stuff in my lips like you do? Do I? My lips always stay in red. I'm yeah, going to cut you good. off. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uni. What was uni like in biomedical science? So biomedical science was great, awesome, but it was also, like I was getting at before, you start to slack off a little bit. So I was getting by, didn't fail, still never failed a subject, but your marks start going lower and lower. But I could still get by perfectly. And then biomed finished, and it was kind of like the whole end of year 12 again. It was like, fuck, what do I do now? Like, it's like you I'm just going to You say like a course. lot. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. It's similar to my name, so I'll give it a crack. Yeah, one letter off. Yeah, so then I finish biomed. I'm working at a radiology clinic, so I wanted to just merge the two. So biomed was very, say, like cancer, research sort of minded, and then this radiology clinic was all about imaging. So I wanted to merge the two, so I got into radiation therapy, thought that was going to be awesome. Did a clinical, like, And what, it wasn't? Well, I liked it, but then... All I saw was here I am 30 years down the track doing the same thing, mm. like treating people with cancer. Like, is that going to take a it's huge very taxing. toll on my yeah, mental yeah. health? So I was like, I'm not going to get through biomed, like to yeah, just yeah. finish those three years again, get out now. So then medical imaging was quite similar to radiation therapy. Yeah. Then just did the merge, did that for another three years. So that's seven years in total I ended up doing. Uh, uni four. And then talking about loyal, did a student placement at the Royal Melbourne Hospital, then did a, a internship, and now I'm still there, what, seven, down, seven years down the track. Yeah, Radiographer, wow. represent. Love that. Saving lives. Good on you. I think it's a great story. I think people will respect it's it. There's awesome. something behind what you guys do that's not just like quite one dimensional. You yeah. haven't been like trying to chase something. It's like it just happened. What happened with you guys with social media? But your story as well is really interesting, Scott. And do you want to talk about what you did after school and what the sort of goals through your 20s were? So I, um, I was delusional in high school. So the, um, I, I tried really hard, right? If there's one thing like I do, I give it my best. And I remember in year 12, I had quotes from The Divine Wind, this, the book we were, the novel we were reading in year 12. All of the quotes, all of the notes, like everything I needed to remember for the... That's like, because it looked pretty. Like stuck on my roof. I had legal studies stuff, you know, in cases on that side of the wall. My whole room was full of stuff. I was just like surrounding myself with it all. And then when... I thought I was going to get like 60, maybe 70, right, for my inter score. <laughs> I didn't tell people this story for years. The day we woke up to get it, you were published if you were 30 and above or something like that, right? And describe what a 30 is. 30 out of what? At 100. Yeah. You were published where? You were published in the newspaper. Like, that's oh. how you found out your, your entry. Oh, you score. wouldn't want to be stoked if you got like 31 and they got published. Oh, well, let's right. See your right. story. Well, or mine, your name even made it. Oh. Well, mine wasn't in there. And I'm like, hang on, I swear I ticked the box for it to be published in the paper. And I was like, what has happened? And then I remember saying to mum, what if I'm the ducks? Like, and they haven't talked to me. Like, and they're going to, like, announce I'm it in the top 10. Something. Yes. I'm like, the day goes on and I was like something's up and I called and I went into this queue and waited forever and they're like yeah we don't publish it if it's under 30 and I was like what do you mean (laughs) anyway I got 23 wow school wasn't for you school wasn't no do you know what you're bang on it wasn't I, I, I didn't I was gay right I was hiding from that I was trying to 
put attention over here rather than just focusing mm. on myself, whatever, right? And I also just don't... Had you put me at the VCA, the Victorian College of the Arts, mm. to study, I would have knocked it out of the ballpark, yeah. right? Um, I had teachers that failed me drastically, mm. right? That knew that I was probably somewhat needing to be treated differently mm. for my skills. But yeah. they were like, no, you don't play footy and you're not a genius. So like yeah. get to the back of the class and then I would throw a book at someone and then be kicked out of the class. It's very hard to expect everyone to like school. I mean, I talk about this a lot on this podcast, the idea that school's failing a lot of kids. Yeah. Like, it's like you ask a fish to climb a tree compared to a monkey. Like Correct. monkey's obviously going to beat him. Yes. But like you can see but the we're all two different. polar opposites right yeah. now because I was shy, nervous. What, could sit down, read a book, not say boo to a yeah, booze. Yeah. And the the system rewarded that. Mm. Yeah. And I which had is, some wonderful which teachers. Then you look at the opposite. And it, yeah. There is that huge But the thing, the thing that's great is about your guys' story is we'll get into it now in your 20s, what yeah. you're doing now, and you're still extremely successful, which I think a lot of people will listen to and be like, which I think people know now that you don't have to like kill it at school to kill Absolutely it in life. Absolutely not. Absolutely mm. not. So... I ran away to Africa yeah, um, not long after I finished story. year 12. I ran away. And I, I, I always wanted to go to Africa, right? And yeah. I wanted to be in the, the Maasai Mara, right? With the Maasai Warriors. And then the moment was there for me to really hide from my identity and get, a, get out of town. Mm. And so I was looking everywhere to go over to Africa and do some work and give myself. And there was all of these posts saying, come and build a fence to stop elephants from coming into this tribe and going to the waterhole. And I'm like, surely the Kenyans know how to build a fence. <laughs> I'm like, they don't need me to go over there to do that. And this thing kept popping up, literally a pop-up saying work with street children in Ghana. Mm. Now I had no idea where Ghana was, never heard of the place. Anyway, next second found myself there, hustled, saved money. I took out a loan to get there. Um, and found myself in Ghana and I moved there and I was there for the first year, I think six, seven months and then traveled the whole of Africa for another six months after that or something. And, um, dangerous in Africa. Day two, I like was the worst day of my life. Like Do yeah, tell. the worst day of my life. So we got to this, um, this expat volunteer hostel. I got there, sorry. And there was a whole bunch of volunteers from all around the world and some of them were heading up to the northern part of the country to do some work. And one of the girls, Andrea, had to... Not Andrea. New Jersey, we call her. She's from New Jersey. She had to get money out from a bank. And then this Irish girl's like, well, you can't fucking go by yourself. Like, it's this time of the night. And, I, and then I'm like, what is going on here, right? And then this English girl's like, well, I'll come with you guys. And then I'm like, what is happening? They're like, would you like to come and see the town? And I was like... Sure, this is amazing. So four of us get into this taxi and we go to the bank. It's in the middle of the night and my hair's standing up. <laughs> really? Yeah. My, um, the, car, the taxi stops. New Jersey gets out and goes through these gates into the bank, pitch black. And Alana, the Irish girl, she takes, she's like, look at that fucking man. He's asleep. And here's this giant police officer asleep on the ground with this huge fucking gun on him. Anyway, she's like, fucking lazy prick. And she takes a photo, flash. And next second, this man comes out of the bank, like he's opened the doors and the bank was pitch black. 
but he's come out. Andrew's over to the right at the ATM. And he's walked up and he's kicked this man that was asleep and starts screaming. Then the taxi driver starts going, hey, big trouble, big trouble. And I was like, sorry, what? And he's like, big trouble, put your heads down, put your heads down. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then he's pointing at the taxi. And, I, and then so the English girl, Andrew's like, drive, drive, right? She's screaming. They're you would pointing. have been screaming as well. No, I was dead silent. Like, mm, what is going shock. on? I've been here mm. for not even 24 hours. And this man starts walking over to the car. And he comes around the back of it. And Alana, I don't think we've ever spoken about this. She threw the camera into my lap. And I'll never forget looking down. And next second he just starts kicking the door. Now, he was, he was probably that big. But my version, he was the biggest man in the world. And mm. the car starts shaking. He's screaming, get out of the car, get out of the car. And I remember going, oh my God, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, <laughs> I'll never forget that moment. Straight to the chopper. And then he's ripped me out of the car, put me on my knees, clocked the gun, put it to the back of my head. I've heard the girls screaming and I'm, I've seen my taxi driver running off down a dark road. And everything just went like black and silent. And it just closed in, I'll never forget it. And I remember leaning forward, waiting to go, what, what's it going to feel like? Like the bullet, what's mm. it going to feel like? And it's pushing it so hard. And then I don't know how long went past, my sound and sight came back. And then I could hear the girls screaming. And that's when I was like, you've got it, Scott. Like, you've got this. Like, that moment's gone. Mm. You've got to get your fucking way out of this now. And so I, for the next four or five hours, tested this guy... And it was terrible. And so more police came. They'd held guns. They'd put it in my mouth. They, they stopped another taxi driver because our taxi driver ran off with the keys. They've stopped another taxi driver, dragged him out of his car, threw me in the back and held a gun to my head. And the guy sitting there in the passenger seats held a gun to my head. And they, they were going, you, got, you will pay into courts. You will pay into courts. And I was like, all right, I'm paying the courts. Just fucking take me to the courts, right? Yeah. And Andrea, the English girl, who was a reporter, right? She, bless her, I remember when I was on the, dark, oh, on the side of the road, I thought the girl was going to get raped and murdered, mm. I, 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 right? And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God, I'm trying to be the stand-up mm. man. And I'm like, myself, got a gun in my mouth the whole time and they're talking to me. Anyway, she negotiated to come to the courts with me or to the police station. And I'll never forget, she said to me, and at this moment, this is when I just went, like I had no, I had no control, nothing mm. in me anymore. I was sitting on my hands and I was like shaking like <laughs> that, right? And I'll never forget, Andrea goes, are you cold? <laughs> and we were in Africa, right? Like in Ghana, one of the hottest countries. And it's like 35 degrees in the middle of the night. She's like, are you cold? <laughs> she just oh didn't click. The shock, though, that I was in. Then it gets, it escalates even more. We start hearing screaming and shouting of all the policemen. Now there's probably 15, 20 of them, right? Screaming and shouting. And we're like, what is going on? So then these military men in military uniforms come up. And they come up to me and they're like, Scott, you're coming with us. And I was like, absolutely not. I've seen the movies. You guys are the rebels. You've got to take me. Absolutely not. I'm going Mm. to the courts. And then I'm like to the cops, take me now. And then they're negotiating to hand them over to me. And this one military guy, I'll never forget him. He was the most charismatic, handsome guy. He said, Scott, 
I studied in London, blah, blah, blah. This is my job to be in the, in the military here. You have to go to university for four years. He's like, you cannot go with these men. They are desperate and they are going to take you for everything that you are worth. And I just remember going, oh my God, like who's lying now? Who like, I, I thought I was just about to be okay with them all. Anyway, they, they were standing off with each other and they're like, you're coming with us, like to me and the two girls. Now this whole time Andrea wasn't there, New Jersey. What, she she's comes, like hiding she, from yes, in the ATM She comes up with a hundred dollar bill and negotiates just to let me go. And they took it and they went and everything was o- over. How many? Did you say it was hours? Hours. Wow. And what was it over? I just they wanted to... They took a photo. Arrive. They thought that we were journalists doing a story on, um, on like the police. So they hadn't been paid for like six months by the government or something like that. And they thought that we were doing a story on them, like being lazy or something, right? right? Oh. Like it was their perception of what was going on. And it just, it wasn't true. But then Andrea wrote a story, which ended up on the front page of the newspaper or page two or something about this, these volunteers that were taken and held in the middle of the night out the front of this bank. And Oh my God, that, man, was... that is... So what, and then they let you go and you went back and to your... And, yep. and you didn't fly straight home? No, so that was the moment. I remember going onto the top of the roof. I went to sleep, woke up the next morning and I've never looked at the footage, but I remember talking to the camera going, this is that make or break. Do I leave or do I stay? And then I was like, you can't make a change if you're always running. It's really, you know, I was running for my problems, but you know, I didn't. Yeah, I was like, no, they're not going to, they're not going to have that over me. That's one of the craziest stories I've ever fucking heard, man. That's like wild. It was nuts. And then you stayed in Ghana for a long time. Yeah, then. so then like five months, six months after that. And, and tell us about the work you do with the, you do some schools or something there? Yeah, we're called Basics International. Um, we specialise in taking children out of drug, prostitution, child labour kind of rings. Um, their environment where we work, Chalko, is as rough as guts. Um, no one in that community has ever gone to school until we came along. And we've had to just intervene over years and years and years now, trying to win the community over understanding how you get these children to not just stay products of their environment. Mm. And, um, you know, one of the first kids I ever met, Obed, who, you know, I'm going to name my first child after, he is in university, second year, and just sent me his grades like three days ago and got all A's in every single subject. How cool is that, man? Like it's like I never go to university. Now kids from one of the biggest slums, like I, I, I'm able to help them go to university. So how involved are you in with that, and what what's uh, how can so, people like support it if they want to maybe listening? Yeah, so I'm the, I'm an advisory member, board member now. So I yeah. advise the board that's in New York, and people can go to Basics International. Um, I think a lot of it is about showing us um, support and love. So you can find us on Instagram, yeah. definitely. We'll put all the stuff in the show notes for yeah, people to support, please. for sure. Um, and there's lots of ways you can support. You know, $50 does go a long way. Um, so, uh, yeah, to even coming and volunteering over there is a, is a big thing. We'll take anybody. That'd be cool. Maybe we'll go over there one day and do well, something. That'd be I'm epic. headed there in September. Come on with well, me. We'll say we should come. I just had a September trip cancelled. Actually, I cancelled because I, cancel cause I had other work on. So hang on. I can announce something here. Vote. I don't know if you've what ever days? heard of the global, um, global citizen. What days? Uh, the 24th. You want to be there for the 24th of September. Leave it with me. I think I... Leave with me. Okay. If not, I definitely want to come over. I think it'd be awesome to come check it out and get involved. And it's great. So we have over 200 kids. We serve a community over 200,000. Um, 
Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of work. It's the real deal. It's raw as hell. Sounds like it. What were you going to announce? We just did a deal with Global Citizen. So they are. They do the largest music festival in New York. Yeah. Um, and they have just partnered with us and are choosing Ghana to do the festival in, in September. Sick. Yeah. That's epic, so man. That's what I'm doing. Congrats. That's yeah. going to be dope. Yeah. Well, let, oh, I'll, I'll see. I'll try my best. If not, we'll definitely get over there. That'd be sick. You do, you're welcome anytime. Mate, I love it. And so now I'm just the general manager. Yeah, so the, let's get... Yeah, what are you doing now? D- <laughs> so I worked... I'm so sorry. Uh, I'll do this as fast as I can. No, so I then got into the events industry here in Melbourne... I worked for really large um, creative agencies, became an executive producer, you know, worked with clients like Philip Morris, BP, CB, Asahi, you know, had a lot of great opportunities with them, did rock star gigs. Um, and now I'm the general manager at the Timber Yard in Port Melbourne. Large private owned event space. We do gigs for up to 1,500 people. When are we doing a big good human workshop there one day? Yes, do it. Anytime. <laughs> we'll do it. You know I'm going to look dog. for a place to <laughs> do like a ticketed event for, I haven't done like one where we can actually, but we'll do it one day. We'll do it with us. Next year, we'll do it. We'll take it up. Absolutely. Love to. Now I do want to get into, we've been talking, actually we've not been going too long, but I do want to bring us up to speed to where we are now. Did no one give you the memo that we can talk? Oh, so can I. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I feel like you can talk right now. You can talk, but no, I this is where I'm going to come. I got in trouble this... for saying like. Can I just say I've counted how many times you say um? And? It's through the roof. Is it? So, do you know you do it? So you can't count? <laughs> you guys are No, there. I can count. I just don't want to upset you. We can do like the count uh, later. You can't upset I obviously me. do If anyone's like, listening right um. now, please send us how many likes <laughs> Luke said <laughs> and how many ums Scott has said. Yes, and let's see who like the tally. Oh, um, somebody's um, gonna be. Um. Somebody's gonna have to be very bored to do that. But hey, if you want to do it, people will do it. Trust me. People tell me how many fucking hairs I have on my face on my TikTok. <laughs> Someone said the other day, no, "Oh, you missed a hair. You've got a long yeah. hair. I noticed today, Scott." And I'm like, "Calm down, user four seven nine three two. All right, TikTok. Let's get into what's going on now. Whose idea was it to start so what you guys are doing? It was it a was it a on purpose like this is gonna blow up or was it just a like I'm gonna fuck with my brother because no, I know I, how extreme I was he is. On TikTok, you on TikTok? I don't know. You were probably making your lip syncing. That's another story. I oh yeah, because yours. Let's tell your story okay. about drawing people because that. <laughs> <laughs> So we're from Melbourne. We can talk about COVID lockdowns for yeah, how yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two hundred and eighty-six days. Two different industries here. He's in the entertainment. I was in health, so I was still living my best life. I feel like that was probably the most social time of yeah. my life. I was picking up overtime shift after overtime. I thought you were going to say picking up heaps of chicks. <laughs> he is now. The TikToks come along. Plus, he picks a slide everywhere. <laughs> I send them to Scott. He loves them. <laughs> Stop sending them. <laughs> Anyway, so during COVID, then I was sitting at home one day and I remembered ages ago, about two years ago, I had a mate that I met on holiday and he hurt his back and he drew a picture of me and my grandma just randomly because he was bored. And I was, Who did? Oh, God. A friend. Scottish mate. I can't remember the name right now. But anyway, always in the back of my head, how weird and how cool it made me feel like, who was to draw me? Who was to empower me just in a drawing? Yeah. Meant nothing on their end, but it was such a weird feeling that someone's gone out of their it's way like, to just yeah. draw me. Because I asked for a drawing because they, they said, oh, I'm here to sit at home for the next eight weeks. I'm going to draw people. So yeah. he ended up doing three people. 
So I was one of them and he was like, I'm never doing that ever again. <laughs> so then COVID came along and then, yes, I was picking out some shifts, but the rest of the time I was just sitting at home and I had these pencils one day and I just thought to myself, I should draw people. So I just put it out onto my story one day, just on my own Instagram going, hey, if anyone wants a drawing, <laughs> I'll draw you. So I think I had... Are you good at drawing? Like, like, no, are you passionate no, about it's drawing? terrible. <laughs> I think Get Dad, your phone. You need to show it. Dad summed it up the best. He was. Okay. He said it's the equivalent of an obese man out on the Collingwood team in the AFL and he's the fan favourite. He's like, this does like not make... Like stick figurines? This does not make sense. How do people like you? And people were like going wild for it. And I was like, looks like... So it was this called... Give me my space. And I'm like, calm down. You're not in a studio. It was called Draw Me Iso Luke. <laughs> So I didn't ever upload a photo of me. So it was this mysterious Luke in Is Melbourne. Is this how TikTok came about? No, but I just like this story because no, me and Luke have talked it about up. it. But it's, <laughs> I think it's a good way to show you you probably mind opening to what's possible yeah, on the online yeah, space. It really it's did smart. because then it became, I didn't get obsessed. It, it, it gave you different analytics. And that's the part mm. I love with this whole thing with TikTok. You'd start to learn how to some Find things it. get bigger and better mm. than other things, oh, right? So... I start to learn that some celebrities would ask for a picture. I'll draw them. Hey, Joe Chappelle Corby. <laughs> she's cool, a celebrity right? or infamous? Yeah. Oh, she's a celebrity to me. I cried the day she, cried the day she got sentenced. Mm, yeah, was, uh. Scott cries <laughs> over a bee flying in the wind because it can't find its way home. <laughs> you know, I often look at butterflies. I look at butterflies and I'm like, they're so light with the slightest bit of wind. How do they get through life? Don't know. It's either incredible aerodynamics or like such power. It oh, just blows my mind. They just don't fly on windy days. It'd suck if you were flying and in the wind. Imagine being a butterfly and it's like, fuck, it's windy out there today. When did I That's draw? a great shower thought. I'm in videos. That's why I'm struggling. All right. Uh, so then, yeah, I was drawing and then say a celebrity would share it and they've got hundreds or some had a million followers, right? Mm. And I would get three followers from it. Mm. Like, well, that doesn't really add up. And then say a random kid from Scott down the street would, I would draw their picture. They would share it. And it was their community then would mm. be like, who the hell drew Scott? That's crazy. There's a high chance I'm going to get something out of this too. Mm. So I would do something of Scott and he would have about 80 people of his followers all jump on board. Uh-huh. So games like that, that started And Luke started calling in sick to draw people. People started giving him money. I was getting $80 a drawing. That would take me like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and I felt bad. Figures, like, I felt hustle. like a criminal. Go find one. Hurry up. They're terrible. Hold on. They keep going. So it's all the footage. That happens. All right. Maybe you can start while he finds a photo to show me. Which no, I, I think will... I need to keep going because he had nothing to no, do No, no, because we can step. Oh, you don't have it. Luke, Luke put up a video of me and Marcus, my husband, getting married. Mm. That's right. That, was that Which the first went, one where they yeah. said, "Now I pronounce you husband and, and wife. wife." And people, I don't think even recognise no, that was us, us that. Either, no. But people remember the video. But people. But what that just went viral. Viral. Mm. Eight and a half million or something like that. And I uploaded five different versions of it, and they all got the same. Wow. <laughs> but like different like voiceovers. But like, do you oh know no, what blows oh no. my mind? People were kind of pretty nasty about me in that video. People were like, "He's so rude." Um, he, like, the people had very strong opinions I'll on go me. go to the early drawings. And now I've always had very strong opinions on people, so it's why I can kind of take it, yeah. right? To a sense. We're all different. And then Luke started... Well, let's just go to a random one. Yeah. So I'll turn the brightness up. 
Luke started to say so to this, me. Funny yeah, that so I went on this one. She listening. was the first one to pay me. I didn't ask for payment on this one. She said this, the feeling I was trying to explain before. She said, you just gave me that feeling. And then sent like, she's like, you have to give me my PayPal. I won't share the photo until I can make wow. payment to you. Show okay. him. So then Show him. this was the... the That's the girl that wanted him to mm. draw. Bit of, bit of a shout uh, out. I don't anyone's going to say that. We'll, oh. <laughs> no, just no, I'll say that, but they won't say that. We'll, I'll get the photos and from you. That was a nice one. <laughs> 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 it's a nice drawing. Yeah, it's, like, it's not nice. It's terrible. That's a know. nice drawing. That's one of my better ones. <laughs> I hate it. I hated it so much. So you just, that's cool though. You found a like, hobby that was fun. Yeah. I, I ran out of brown on your birthmark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you did the drawings. Yeah. You said that like stopped because you got over it or something. Oh, I think the day I gave up, it was something. One hundred and eighty people asked for a drawing on the last day I gave up, and then I could only do say maybe ten drawings a day, and I was overwhelmed. It's like I've got RSI. Ten a day, you're getting paid eighty bucks. It's good money. You get a couple grand a week just drawing dollars a day. Drawing it was some average. Nuts, fucking, but then I was, why'd you stop? What's wrong with why'd you, you go back to work? I had two housemates that were like, This is weird, Luke. Like, stop drawing people. So uh, I th- that's rich coming from them, too. One of them is very weird. <laughs> so, anyway, that was that. And then I, I don't know, it was, it was overwhelming mm. how much work was going into it. Because I don't enjoy drawing. I enjoyed the aspect of the community yeah. it had because it had a bit of a. Yeah. I hated it. It was horrible. Like that's so, people were like, "You're capturing a... something in a drawing," and I'm like, "I don't know what." Like I'm stressing. Isn't that art though? How are those art galleries you go to and there's a like white canvas and so on? You hear like an art critic be like, "Oh, I love that the artist was feeling really blank that day." Do you know, one, <laughs> one day. Don't worry, you'll never see one of Luke's drawings in a in a. Gallery. Maybe. We will. I, yeah. Do, you never say never. Fuck doing his thing at the timber yard. Let's do an art gallery. <laughs> yeah, do an exhibition. I've still got them all. Do you? Yeah, they they feel like the, the people who I drew them now. Wow. Okay, let's get a TikTok. We're gonna go forever with this. So I was in some friendship groups that were all having a bit of fun on TikTok. They were going pretty well. A lot of them. Well, what's well now? Yeah. Like no, they had their like eighty thousand followers. And they're making a killing. Is that how many do you have? Not enough. Well, let's get that up. Go follow him. (laughs) We've got 43. Cooper Chapman, the good cast, good podcast. Good Good human. Good human podcast. The good factory. (laughs) (laughs) Find him and follow him. Well, they're listening to this podcast and they're following. So then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to just do some stupid random videos. So if you go back on the account, Scott wasn't even on many of them. I'd make you film them. And he would, you would hate it. Remember, like, it would be a hot day and I'd jump in the pool or something in my scrubs and you were like, this is terrible. Oh, yeah. He, like, he's like, film me. And, and then like, you realised nobody wanted to see you. <laughs> I was going around. I had people the other day actually pull me up being like, why don't you do that content anymore? Your brother's ruining everything. Oh, okay, uh, cool. Use a, four, <laughs> use a 43692. Use that joke around uh, the podcast. Uh, that's all right. Anyway. Go tell your story. It's great. <laughs> so then... There was one video where it all kind of started from this one, but I didn't use Scott. I used his husband, Marcus, where I sent a dick pic to him going, and then the voiceover, which we made iconic to our videos, like, send a nude to your gay brother's husband and film his reaction. (laughs) (laughs) So I did that, and that went all right. I think it got 400,000 views, and I was like, oh, that was pretty good. It was massive, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I'm staying in the same sort of, because they're like, find your niche. I'm like, man, that's our niche. I send dick pics. (laughs) So I'm like, That's oh. right, and you did. Then he sent one to me. And he went of off. yours. 
Well, no, he like Googled a dick and then sent it to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so annoying. And he's got so, a reaction. What from like a private account? I just text him. No, from so his from my. Oh, so he just texted him. him, and he's gone. Like as if it was an what accident. He accidentally sent his dick to me when it was uh. supposed to go to someone else. So it went crazy over TikTok that night. Huge. So it was something like in twelve hours. I think we got two million views and shut down. Oh, I got taken. Sexual off. harassment, bullying, harassment. Okay. Like, Done. Yeah, everyone's like, I'm solicited dick pics. I'm like, I'm cool with it. <laughs> Just not my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so then from there it was, and that was, so now he's known as the sassy brother, but back then it was the gay, the gay brother. brother. It's like, do this to your gay brother. Do this yeah. to your gay and brother. And the gay Film community gay weren't comfortable with they me being called it. gay. And everyone was, had a problem. And they were like, Isn't that interesting that you're happy, you're fine with people calling you gay? Or? Well, so you know I, I changed it from gay to sassy and he cracked it at me. He's like, I'm gay. How dare they make me not be gay? Mm. Yeah, and I was like, I, um, well, we're not going to have an account because every video gets taken down for bullying and harassment. So as soon as I got rid of gay okay, and called yeah. it sassy, they were all fine. Better. We never really yeah. got in trouble from that. Well, I, I think it's the label, but for me, it takes so long to be proud, to be caught, like call yourself gay and be happy to be gay. Mm. Right, like so the day, long. Gay so means happy, doesn't I was it? like, I was like really like proud to be yeah. the gay brother. Yeah. But now I'm the sassy brother, so like whatever. So <laughs> then from that video, I think I just sat down one night and every time on a tram, I would just write all these ideas that would come into my head. Or you watch other TikToks and you're like, oh, that could have been funnier if they did this instead. Mm. So all these new ideas started coming to my head. And then I was just going rogue and I filmed that many. You yeah, he's got pranks. a bank of like pranks, right? Like just so many videos. I've got an Excel I'm, spreadsheet as well. So I don't even ideas. know which are pranks until it goes up. I don't know if he's filmed me or not. Like he's at me 24 seven. Where do you, do you have like secret cams and stuff? Sure. You got to get like GoPros that have like no red we flashing. Well, now that if we get some more money to get that, for sure. Get give the, me money. I'll sort you guys some GoPros. I got a GoPro contact. Yeah, so like they, they. I'll give you mine. I've got one in my bag. I don't use. <laughs> Let's do it. So, <laughs> just tag me in like any. <laughs> no, I don't. Just tag me in any content that has the GoPro. Well, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Um, okay, this will be a question that people want to know. And I'm sure you get this all the time. Like, oh, it's staged. And I kind of already spoke to you about this, especially the first one. It was nothing stage day. No. And that means nothing still no. is stage, but. No. Mm. Correct. And. You can't get the same reaction. I, listen, I say to people, people like, is it, we just want to know if it's really you. I'll pop off at any motherfucker, right? Like, I flip <laughs> tables and I. <laughs> I've, I've hung out with. Just for anyone listening, I've, I went last week to an event with Scott and Luke <laughs> and. It's exactly what you what you see is what you get. <laughs> what you see is what you get, and it's fine. Well, you just did it last weekend where he fucking chipped his tooth, and he was going nuts in the store. Look at that tooth! Oh no! I <laughs> ate a burger and it chipped my tooth. Oh my god! I would hate to be the fucking waiter at that restaurant. Yeah, I would too. Actually, <laughs> they're the still poor, shaking. Yeah, the poor kids. They're still <laughs> acting like you in Ghana with a gun. I'm to their sorry. Head. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like my, t- I was traumatized. My tooth just came out of mm. my mouth. Anyway. No, but back to the videos though. Uh, we thought it would be easier. Let's fucking do a staged one. Did one. Never uploaded oh, it. It yeah. was the most disgusting thing. We'd yeah. both watched our life. And yeah. still be on my phone somewhere. We did. No, we did an acting kind of skit, which oh. makes us feel physically ill. It's I up on the account. We hate it. We're so embarrassed by it. So I was like, no, I'm not doing this stuff with you. But our manager, Kirsty, loves it. She keeps mm. like bringing it up being like, you guys. You guys really have got like skit. a TV show waiting to happen. Like you guys on a reality show would just be like, oh. 
I used to say I wanted keeping up Big with Brother. the O'Hallorans. You'd be on Big Brother with No, be, I'd be arrested. Like, <laughs> yeah, they'd kick you out. Like, you put me on there with a racist, you put me on there with a homophobe, mm. I'm going to tell you, this motherfucker's going to hold his own mm. and hold them accountable mm. on national television yeah. in a house where I'm locked in and that person can't get away from me. Mm. It'll it'll end to a smack on. Mm. <laughs> Give me the dough. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, this is good humans podcast, remember? Sorry. <laughs> no, but I just said I'm a hold homophobes accountable. That's good. That is a question I wanted to ask you. How proud are you to empower such a big community? I know you've been very vocal about it and calling like out other people who are homosexual for maybe not using their voice. How proud are you to know that there's probably thousands of kids out there who are maybe feeling a lot more comfortable in themselves because of what you've um, yeah, what you've done in the last six to eight months? Um, I got asked this question from a reporter the other day and I cried and Luke called me afterwards and he goes, oh my God, you cried in the interview. I was like, that will go well. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Scott. He's like, no, it was real. I went, oh. I, um, you okay? <laughs> That's I'm, when we play golf. I, I sent it to you. I'm like, Scott just cried. Uh, I... Drove your caddy. Yeah, I was about to say, don't we play golf. shut up. Go, oh, sorry. I take it very seriously hmm. because... When I was in the closet, I wanted to die. I looked at conversion camps myself to go to. Mm. And I could never... I had the money because I hustled. But I couldn't find the, the reason how, where I'd tell my parents where I was going to be for a week and how I'd tell my friends where I was going to be. Like, there was no alibi for me. Mm. Um, and it was so hard. And it just didn't have to be. Mm. Like, we can treat... Like, we're all so different. And like I was saying before, the spectrum of sexuality. Like, even as straight people, you're not all the same. I've always said that if it was a choice, then why the fuck would we choose to go down this path? Because it's so... It's so fun for many of us, Mm. right? When you are in the closet. And I think... I remember when the um, plebiscite came about and I promised myself that I wouldn't let them I wouldn't let the answer be no and I was gonna do everything in my power for it to be yes. I created a phone telephone room in my in our house that people came and called through the phone book to start taking a survey so we could get a read whether people were randoms were no's or yeses. Mm. Um I wrote real serious um letters to con- like people ministers that were you know that were in at my constituent and others. Um because the people above my ass, the older generation, what they went through as gay men to what I went through, I was like, hell no, they fought, so I've got to fight for the next gen. Mm. Um, and I've received a lot of wonderful, beautiful messages from people who have children who are, are, um, have recently come out or are struggling with their sexuality, people who are adults that are messaging me um, saying thank you, you seem like the, the, the right tough voice that we've always needed. Mm. Um, and that's been really humbling. You don't look at yourself and I don't look at myself as an icon, but I'll take it because people are saying it. Mm. I don't want to minimize what people are saying, but also I just think it's not hard to do, to, to end people's suffering, right? Like there's, uh, it's unnecessary suffering in the closet. Mm. And if we can make that less, longer then some people are going to live a happier life but it's so raw what people write to us i only have the access to the main accounts so i think some people probably think scott's there as well so the stuff that well now comes, they don't and now they're going to write it to me <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a raw emotion that 
it hits different. People don't write it as a comment, but they're going to feel safe to see this in our account or something. And they just open up these demons. Or I had one recently, they're talking about their son going through and he's eight or something. And it's not that they love their kid, but now he's not getting invited to parties and Mm. all that sort of stuff going on. So it's opening my eyes to it. I'm like, fuck, like, it's pretty upsetting. Recently I said, um, everyone wonders why I'm so loud. It's because you're all so goddamn quiet. Mm. I'll shut up when our allies stand up and start speaking up. Until then, you've got this guy coming for you tenfold. Mm. But that's what, that's truly what we need. It was the allies, it was you guys that got me marriage equality. Mm. Right? The, the, the gay vote was not, there wasn't as many of us, right, to swing it. Mm. It was our allies that got us that. That yeah. made me comfortable walking down the street holding my husband's hand, knowing that 80% of the community are okay with me being gay. Mm. That's what it took, right? So uh, uh, we need the allies to step in now, stop homophobia, stop these little jokes, make it so acceptable for children or anybody. As much as you say to your nephew or niece, have you got a boyfriend at school? You've got to say, have you got a boyfriend or a girlfriend at school? Because mm. you're told from the time you're fucking six that you have to be liking the opposite sex. That needs to be normalised to be the same or the opposite. Mm. Or no sex at all. Yeah. But until our allies start having that conversation for us, you're going to have people like me mm. fucking coming at you tenfold. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I could give you a platform today because I've learned a lot today and I think it is unlearning a lot of the biases that we do have based on the culture that we've been brought up in and i'm sure you're aware of that too so like sometimes they're like zero excuse but there obviously is reasons like religion stuff like this which i'm not going to get into this with you right now <laughs> but four I, hours in. but <laughs> i think it is important for conversations like this to show how different everyone is yeah and how different we can speak about homosexuality how different we can speak about topics that do seem a bit taboo and a bit uncomfortable because the conversations need to be had if we want the next generation to feel more comfortable to live the lives that they want to live and i'm you know i'm loving the types of people that you're speaking of that are reaching out to me that are like scotty like you know you've got a barry type you know that's like scotty i never thought you know, they're like, my mind would be changed on on this topic. But thanks, you're funny, you're relentless. I respect you, I appreciate the hustle, right? Like, so I'm finding ways to connect and hopefully make people like you so it makes it easier for other mm. people that don't have the confidence, I guess, that I do. Yeah. No, it's, it's been such an incredible conversation. We could speak for hours, but I've got a few last questions that I want to finish with. But I will get you guys both back on, maybe individually one time in the next little bit over the next year to chat about you guys stories because there's so yeah, much to unpack with both of you i'm going to chat to you as well scott about the sober journey because we already had a really cool conversation about that you don't drink and the idea that stopping drinking alcohol doesn't mean stopping drinking that's something you taught me yeah well marcus taught me that you know he said you don't say you don't drink say you don't drink alcohol mm. you can still enjoy your drink and yeah. then when you change that mindset that you don't have to have a lemonade a language when you go out to dinner now that you can you can call a restaurant and ask them what zero alcohol they have. You can make it more comfortable and you can put that onto mm. venues now, which I do. Bring 
bring zero there's so many zero brands out in the market now did the guys that did you guys did any drinks rock up for you no not yet oh, i was meant to say i was trying to <laughs> send you right. some yes you can meant no, to that's send cool it. they'll come and there's so <laughs> many products out there now yeah. that like you can still make cocktails they've just got no alcohol mm. it's not a mocktail with raspberry cordial and orange juice yeah. like those days are yeah, gone there's those non-alc there is non-alc like gins and non-alc there's this rum yeah i love good. the we had rum that the other week at the dan they Murphy's put a thing. cayenne pepper in to still give you the burn it's mm. beautiful so like but it's like one of those things though that for a drinker you're just so naive about though but it's obviously both of you don't drink so mm. being around non-drinkers opens a drinker's yeah. eyes to it too oh, well, very... we went to that party the other night i was drinking non-alcoholic drinks and it's a mental game because it does have that taste. You yeah, start to believe it's, fine, it's some but sort then of you can drive home. It's epic. Yeah, <laughs> correct. <laughs> you just need to know when to go home before everyone gets too drunk and annoying. Yeah. That's what I'm still learning to mm. back yourself and go, no, it's okay. I'm out of here. Y'all keep having a ball. Mm, yeah, but my night's do over. Do your conversations. You get what you need out of the night and get home. Yeah. For me, it's, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's been a journey, but it's been really fun. But last two questions I kind of want to ask. What's next for you guys? What are you excited about coming up? Obviously, a world of opportunities are beginning to open up. Where do you see you guys? Because it's such an unknown territory, I understand for you. And I've been speaking to you about it, Luke. The opportunities that are about to come your guys' way is really exciting for you. And it's going to be cool to watch how you sort of navigate that that rocky ocean that is. That's what it is. We are so different. Like we talk about five year goals and things. No, nah, talk about one year like, goal one right year now. Even, but we're so different. Yeah. And then in terms of going anywhere i was telling this to someone the other day everything we've put out there has been on our terms we haven't come from a reality tv show where we've had producers mm, it's been epic. telling our story we've told our own story through it could be humor yeah it's really it's nice. our relatableness together it's, as well it's really nice somebody a good mate of mine said to me the other week people like brad pitt because he's a good actor mm. people like afl footy players because they're good at like they play mm. for the team they're good at a sport people like you and luke because of yourself. Because of you, like mm. for who you guys are, mm. not for this talent or this skill set, just for who you are as yeah. people. That's cool, huh? That's. But we're also oh we're God. blinded by it it's too rich. because it's yeah. in our in this house. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's all happened yeah, right it's here. All it's all happened. Crazy. We haven't had crews all at us like saying, "Hey, do this, do that." But we like that. I'm infuriated by influencers. I don't mm. do it. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to get caught in that superficial game i don't i want to use our platform to make change and have fun along the way and have an impact on the world which we're kind of doing so we're having a lot of conversations seeing what we should be doing absolutely sorry my camera just died on you but it's all good um it's all right we're up to the very end questions anyway so the last question i do give on good humans podcast which you won't know scott which will be good i'm going to ask you first actually so you don't get time for it (laughs) Well, so, no, it's like round robin, like I have to do a no, quick fast. No, no, it's not quick. It's just one question. Say so it three it's, times. <laughs> it, it, yellow bus, yellow bus, yellow bus. I got 23, <laughs> remember? So um, the question I ask every Good Humans podcast guest to finish the episode is, what does being a good human mean to Scott? I'm not even going to try to say your last name. To Sassy Scott. <laughs> it's a hard question. It's doing things with purpose. And leaving an impact, a positive impact. Love that. Perfect. It's a great answer. Treat people the way you want to. Now you've got me on my soapbox. And treat people the way you want to be treated. That yeah. matters. Mm. It's important. Absolutely. How about you, Luke? I'm what has all been... for people growing together. So to be a good human, you've got to do it with others around you. Mm. Bring so the people. I'm all about, you've got to help other people for them to help you. 
and you can't be any form of jealousy and it's so hard to do it sometimes like yeah, sometimes it's hard to see someone else succeed mm. to make you feel like you're succeeding with that too but until you can it makes it so much easier because mm. people then turn to be grateful for you as well yeah we spoke about that at dinner tonight mm. the idea that like celebrating the people around your success is so important but then also having the bandwidth to be able to do that it's really hard yeah what about you what does what does being a good human for me like to you actually a few people have thrown it back on me but for me being a good human is (laughs) just treating others the way you want to be treated now i think just being there for the people around you and understanding that if you continue to learn and continue to grow you're always going to be on a better path and then you can share what you've learned and what you've grown with people around you to hopefully help them learn and grow how's that at a boy. It's beautiful. It's like he's done this before. <laughs> well, anyway, boys, this has been phenomenal. I'm sure this podcast is going to be my most listened to. I'm sure every single person out there. Not is... because of the content, just because of our followers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, to be honest, your story, they do that, anything we that say. might be one of the, like, I'm going to excerpt that as a 10 minute story because that's like one of the craziest stories I've ever heard, man. Like, it's great that you're still here after that. It's yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah, like everything you guys are doing, obviously with TikTok now, but it's really cool to get to learn your story from growing up, what it was like having, um, yeah, coming out, having your brother come out. Like, thanks for being so open and sharing your guys' family story. It's really cool because I think there will be people listening to this that will be inspired to either come out or at least treat people that are a bit different to them mm. equally, which mm. is how we should be treating everyone. Um I was going to say, I was going to say, where can we find you guys? But everyone already knows. Anyone, <laughs> anyone who's listened to this probably knows where to find you guys. But I will leave in the show notes, your guys, obviously, social media channels, both your Instagrams, TikToks. And Thank you, Sam. Yeah, any last words you want to give to the good humans listeners? No, I think it's great because, well, coming across you, it was awesome. And then, like, what you're doing and... I've started listening to the podcast. You haven't yet. I don't listen to anyone's podcast, so don't take offence to it. That's all right. Uh, But But I feel like I've learned so much just in what you're trying to, not preach, but you're trying to make people aware of. Hmm. I also, uh, hats off to you, right? Like you're, you, you are, you, you're someone who, uh, of influence, you can game change. You're, you're someone that people look up to, people can connect with you and you're very humble in being open to learning. That's what I've adored with getting to know you. Mm. Nah, thanks so it's much beautiful. guys. It's been great. And like I said, there's going to be more of you guys in the good humans realm, but yeah, thanks heaps guys. Goodbye, brother. Well, 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 wasn't that a wild ride? Thank you so much to both Luke and Scott. That was so incredible to have a chat with you guys. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review over on Apple Podcast. Hit five stars on both Apple and Spotify. Follow, subscribe, you know all those good things. And if you really enjoyed it, tell a friend about it because I know there was so much value in this episode that can break some stereotypes around homosexuality. It can really open people's mind to... Yeah, a different way of thinking, and I think it needs to be shared far and wide. So send this episode to a friend, put us up on your Instagram stories, and yeah, also, if you've seen Luke and Scott wearing a gratitude hoodie around recently, that is one of our The Good Human Factory uh, pieces of merch. The boys have been massive supporters of it. So what I'm going to do is for the next month, anyone who purchases a piece of merch and uses the code SASSY, you'll get 30% off, which is a huge discount. And I'm also going to donate $10 from any order that uses the discount code SASSY to Scott's um, Ghana charity that he's involved with. So please go support that. Use the code SASSY, 30% off, which is a huge discount. And also $10 from that order will go to uh, Scott's charity over in Ghana. So thanks for the support, everyone. Love you all. Take care of yourselves and I'll see you soon. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.